Jingle Update Show. Hello and welcome to the Barley Snyder Legal Update Podcast. Barley Snyder is a full-service business law firm with over 120 attorneys practicing out of offices located in central Pennsylvania and Maryland. My name is David Friedman, and I am the host of the Barley Snyder Legal Update podcast. I'm a partner with Barley Snyder's Employment Law Group, focusing my practice on labor and employment litigation, higher education law, and business immigration issues. Before we get started, please, listeners, understand that the information provided during episodes of Barley Snyder's Legal Update podcast is for general informational purposes only and should not be construed as legal advice or as a substitute for legal counsel. Nothing in this podcast is intended to create an attorney-client relationship. If you have questions about your legal situation or about how to apply information discussed in this episode to your situation, or about how any other information found on our website may affect your business or organization, you should consult an attorney for assistance. Welcome back, listeners. It's been a minute, and we sure are glad to have you back. I am delighted to have with me today Erica Towns, who is an attorney resident in Barley Snyder's office in New York, where she is a member of our firm's real estate and business practice groups. One of the great things that Erica does as part of her business practice is that she's worked with multiple companies to help them obtain certification as a women's business enterprise by the Women's Business Enterprise National Council, also known by the acronym WBENC, Web, WebEnc. Is that how you say it, Erica, WebEnc? Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> so that'll work, right? Well, Erica is very active in the York community. She is a member of the board of directors of the York County Bar Association. She's a member of the board of directors for Dream Rights Center for the Community Arts, which is just a fabulous place to see a show, by the way. Um, she's also a member of the Community Progress Council's board of directors and a member of Family First Health's Human Resources Committee. Given all that community involvement, it's probably not surprising to know that Erica is a graduate of the Leadership York Program. Erica is also a cum laude graduate from Old Dominion University in Virginia, where she received her bachelor's degree. And she's also a cum laude graduate of the Widener University Commonwealth School of Law. Welcome to the show, Erica. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate you having me. I appreciate you being here. Okay, so Erica, the first thing I want to talk about here today is I'm going through a midlife crisis. I don't know if you knew that about me, but it's 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 pretty bad. I'm I'm 47 years old, and and I was feeling kind of stuck. So I'm going through this midlife crisis. I think I think a Corvette's probably out of my price range. So instead of that, I'm just trying to do things to get myself out of my comfort zone. So guess what's one of the things I'm doing? Any clue? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things I'm doing is. I've signed up for hip hop dance class. It's true. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy is the is the right reaction because I, I don't have any experience dancing. I mean, my mother says I'm a good dancer, but uh, I don't have any experience. I've never danced. I never took classes growing up or anything. And so I've set a very low bar for myself. Like I, I, my my goal is to not be completely embarrassing. And I have to say, they caught me at class on video couple weeks ago. And uh, let's just say I haven't achieved my goal yet. I've, I've, I've got some work to do. So, you know, I along... you can start with a little Lizzo, maybe. 
Well, we were, we were doing a little Lizzo. We did some Lizzo. We did. Uh, that's the great thing about it is a lot of music that I, I don't normally listen to. I get exposed to. But uh, my moves are not up to those grooves. OK, so uh, that's one thing I'm doing to get out of my comfort zone. But with this podcast, I'm going to get a little bit out of my comfort zone, because like I said at the outset, I do employment litigation, higher education work, business immigration. I do not know anything. I shouldn't say I don't know anything, but I know very little about corporate compliance issues, right? That's not something that's in my wheelhouse. But, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you put together this great client alert uh, that's available on Barley Snyder's website, barley.com, which was talking about this new thing called the Corporate Transparency Act. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to, you know, consistent with my midlife crisis, I'm going to get a little bit out of my comfort zone. And I'm going to bring Eric on here. We're going to talk a little bit about the Corporate Transparency Act. So with that said, Erica, why don't you let our listeners know what is the Corporate Transparency Act and why should our listeners care? Sure. So I'll give you kind of a short little synopsis of what the Corporate Transparency Act is. So historically, businesses in the United States have been able to organize and operate without disclosing who their owners or managers are. So you could go to the Pennsylvania Department of State, form an LLC or some other corporate entity um, and completely omit any information pertaining to that entity's owners. The Corporate Transparency Act uh, was enacted in January 1st, 2021, completely changes that uh, and now requires that certain corporate entities disclose to the U.S. Treasury Department's financial Crimes Enforcement Network, also known as FinCEN, who their actual owners are and other personal identifying information for those people. Uh, so doing this actually brings the uh, United States um, up to speed with our European counterparts who are already doing these things. Interesting. So you said certain entities are subject to the requirements of the Corporate Transparency Act. Well, who are those covered entities and, and what are they required to disclose? Sure. So if an entity falls under a category that's called a reporting company, uh, it's required to disclose certain uh, personal information of its beneficial owners. Uh, a beneficial owner is anyone who either directly or indirectly exercises substantial control over the entity or who owns or controls not less than 25 percent of the ownership interest in the entity. Um, so what does substantial control look like? Uh, someone who would uh, exercise substantial control over the entity would be someone who uh, serves as a senior officer or reporting of the reporting company, um, has authority over the appointment or removal of a senior officer, or has some substantial influence over the entity. So for those individuals, reporting companies required to disclose their full legal name, their date of birth, uh, their current address and unique identifying information from either their uh, passport, state ID, driver's license, and then also an image of that document. So that information is required to be disclosed um, also for the person who is applying to form the entity. So the person who's submitting the formation documents with the Department of State would also have to um, provide that information. So in terms of who is actually required, to make these disclosures, the definition is pretty expansive. So generally speaking, uh, most corporate entities in the United States will have to report. So for Pennsylvania entities, the act specifically states that any corporation, limited liability company, or other similar entity that's created with our Department of State is going to 
have a reporting obligation. So, you know, I guess large publicly traded corporations have been subject to similar disclosures for decades now. So I guess this is this is something that's going to apply to other entities that are that are private entities, even large and small, right? Correct. Uh, well, there, there are some exemptions and a large operating company would be one of those exemptions. And a large operating company is defined as a company that has more than 20 employees on a full time basis, has more than five million dollars in gross receipts or sales and then operates or has a physical office in the United States. Um, so a large operating company would be one of the, the entities that would be excluded. There's also certain um, industries that are already highly regulated that would be excluded. So industries um, like the banking industry or the insurance industry would also be exempt from the reporting requirements. Okay, but otherwise, it's just a pretty it's a pretty wide net that this uh, Corporate Transparency Act is going to cast with respect to entities that have, are subject to these reporting requirements, right? Right. Yeah. Like I said, the definition is pretty expansive. So if you're an LLC or any other corporate entity that's been filed with the Department of State, you should assume that you have these reporting requirements unless you can show that you fall under a 23. Uh, there's 23 different types of exemptions under the Act. So if you could fall under one of those exemptions and you'd be excluded from reporting, but otherwise um, you're, you're subject to the Act. Yeah. And, and, you know, we should probably make clear because we've been referring to Pennsylvania corporations, but this is an act of the U.S. Congress. And so it applies to corporations that are in, registered in Delaware, registered in Maryland, New Jersey, all over the United States. Right. That's right. It's, it's applicable nationwide. OK, that's good to know. And I guess we've just been talking about Pennsylvania because, you know, we got a lot of folks that we work with through our Pennsylvania corporations. Right. That's right. All right. Now, is there a deadline for providing these disclosures? Yeah. Well, if you would have asked me this question maybe two weeks or so ago, I would have said that's still to be determined. Um, but recently, there's been an update to the Corporate Transparency Act. And so we now know that the reporting requirements will become effective January 1st, 2024. So reporting companies created before January 1, 2024 will have one year to file the report. So until January 1st, 2025, and then reporting companies created after January 1, 2024, uh, will have 30 days after filing to file their initial reports. There's nothing I like more than late breaking news. So like when we go into post-production, Anna and Jen, can we get uh, Erica saying January 1, 2024, and then like every time she says is like echoes? Is there any way we can do that? Is, <laughs> let's Let's see if we can do that. January 1st, 2024. So, you know, I mean, what is a regulatory compliance without penalty? It's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. So I guess my question is, what happens if a covered entity fails to provide these required disclosures? Yeah, so the Act provides that failure to provide a report will result in a civil penalty of up to $500 for each day of noncompliance, plus a fine of up to $10,000. Uh, willful failure could trigger more severe criminal sanctions, uh, including up to two years of imprisonment. That's a pretty extreme uh, punishment, I think, for something like that to, to come up. You'd have to really just be ignoring the Department of State and, and multiple notifications to, to come into compliance. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that there's going to be too many uh, prison terms served for a, uh, a, a paperwork 
violation here. But it does seem like something that that folks could take seriously, particularly for those monetary penalties. You said five hundred dollars a day. That's you know right. over one hundred eighty thousand dollars a year for noncompliance. And I suppose, as with like any kind of regulatory agency, sometimes these agencies don't get around to enforcing these till noncompliance has occurred for a substantial amount of time. So it might be up to a year before an agency, before an entity figures out that an agency is after them. And then by that time, it might be too late. And they're looking at a potential huge uh, back penalty of maybe over $100,000, right? Right, right. So definitely something that I think our listeners want to pay attention to. And I'm I'm really happy you brought it to our attention. You mentioned before that the the, uh, compliance deadlines have been have been released recently. Um, are there any other updates that our listeners need to know about since the Corporate Transparency Act was passed? Sure. So at the end of September, early October, uh, the Treasury, Treasury Department issued a final rule uh, and it addressed some concerns that we had in terms of how the reporting obligations would play out in practice. So for example, there was an open question of if reporting companies currently in existence are required to report who their company applicants are, how that would play out in terms of finding information on individuals for the applicant, but no longer employed with the company or even deceased, right? So you can imagine if if you're a company and, and you're required to find out who the applicant was for a company that you created 10 years ago, that could create some administrative issues when you're trying to figure out, you know, where this employee is one, and then finding out all of the information that you're required to disclose on this individual. Well, the final rule that recently came out kind of addressed that situation and says that company applicant information is required only for reporting reporting companies that are created or registered after January 1, 2024. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. And that that's a that isn't something I I, I would have thought about. So it's glad to hear that. Are, uh, that the regulators at the Department of Treasury are, are keeping their fingers on the pulse with respect to this issue and probably listening to um, uh, constituent feedback from uh, the, the, the affected community. And it's good to know that there's been some common sense that's being applied here. Um, wow, it sounds like uh, businesses have some work to do. You know, What should a business do if they have questions about whether the Corporate Transparency Act applies to them or if they know it applies to them but needs some assistance making sure they're complying with the act's requirements. Sure, they can reach out to myself or any of our uh, business attorneys at Barley Snyder. We'd be happy to walk them through um, you know, how to come into compliance with the act. Well, thank you, Erica, so much. As I said before, uh, your 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 alert that's on barley.com is outstanding, and it really, um, I think, uh, encapsulates uh, the the basic contours of this. But it's good to know that listeners can reach out to you or any of our other members of our business group for guidance on how to make sure that they're complying with this requirement, which again is coming into effect mostly on January 1st, 2024. That's right. You got it. All right. So, okay. That's about all the time we have for now, listeners. Uh, I think you all know that we like to close out these podcast episodes with a little light humor or pop culture discussion. And uh, we're recording this episode right after Halloween has taken place. And I love Halloween. And at Barley Snyder, I have to mention that we we do Halloween right. Everybody dresses up. Uh, Lawyers decorate their offices. We turn our various offices around the mid-state into virtual haunted houses 
everybody brings their kids in. There's candy around for the kids to collect. Uh, we have throw a great spooky party. And this year we, we've done that. Uh, we were able to do that for the first time since before the pandemic. Uh, so before we go, Erica, I must ask you, uh, what did you go ask for Halloween? I created a very last minute costume with whatever I had in my house. And that was a cereal box and a plastic knife. And I was a cereal killer. Oh, see, the last second costumes are always the best. I, I think, <laughs> you know, you can, you can plan too much, which is, which is one, of the, one of the problems I have. So, well, you want to know about me? Please. Yeah, so uh, I dressed up as Salvador Dali, the great Spanish surrealist artist with the crazy curly Q mustache. Yeah, so I, I I took it a little bit too seriously. My wife was uh, was Frida Kahlo, the great Mexican artist. So we went together as a couple. So that was a lot of fun. We always liked the Barley Snyder party. Okay, and now with Halloween in the rearview mirror, we've got Thanksgiving right around the corner. You love Thanksgiving, don't you, Eric? I think we've talked about this. Of course. I mean, yeah. good food, family, friends. Football. Yep. <laughs> you gotta love it, right? Uh, well, lots to be thankful for this year, including the dedicated listeners like the folks tuning into this episode. Hi, Mom. In any event, whoever you are, thanks for listening. Be well, and we'll talk soon. Snyder Legal Update Show